guys ready to get into God's word this morning? This is what, probably one of the more important messages uh, that uh, I, I believe a, a pastor can, can ever give. And here's what I want to say, and, and I want you to pay attention to this, is, is that uh, since the day that you were born, there have been two people that are trying to kill you. So uh, the first one would be an obvious one, right? And we would say Satan because John 10.10 10 says that, hey, this guy's purpose is what? To steal, kill, and destroy. So the whole time since you were born, God has a, a plan and a purpose for your life. And there has been this guy that has tried to come against that and work against it and destroy the work and the plans and purposes of God that he has for your life. But I want to tell you, the second one might be a little bit more surprising. I, I believe Jesus is trying to kill us. So you might be saying, oh my gosh, especially if you're a visitor, like just give me Give me another 15 or 20 minutes, right? And you'll see where I'm, where I'm headed with this. These guys are all, all trust me, but yeah. So uh, if you've got your Bibles, if you've got your devices, go ahead and fire them up. We're going to be in Luke chapter 9 is going to be this uh, pivotal foundational teaching that, that Jesus gives. And I want to tell you, I really believe that, that uh, uh, to the degree that we live this truth out and can accept it and embrace it, and make it a part of our lives is the degree it rises our 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 abundant life and the thing all the things that God has for us the deepest longings of our soul become a reality, and they rise and fall in our ability to get this truth and, and to embrace it. We're going to read verses twenty three through twenty six. It says, "Then he said to the crowd, If any one of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, or the uh, pending." On your translation, you might have your own ways or deny yourself. So you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and that's where it gets the challenge, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what you do, and and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself or your soul is lost or destroyed. If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. So we can see here that Jesus has issued an invitation and the crowds had been uh, building. This is where you find he's, he's been doing quite a bit and uh, the people are coming and they're seeking and desiring uh, freedom or liberty. They're, they're coming and they're looking for power in their life. They're looking for dignity to be restored. They're looking for healing. And, and Jesus is extending it and has all of this. And not only is he doing it for all the nice church people, but he's actually also doing it for the people that uh, the church people didn't think really deserved to receive the mercy and the grace and the blessings of God. So, the throngs are gathering and they're coming and all of a sudden when they come really close and they start listening to the teachings of Jesus, uh, they start uh, figuring out that is actually an invitation to come and die and at this moment the crowds start to thin out. You know, we can uh, cultivate a, a gospel even here and we, we know that it's in uh, um, among us, it's, some of it's in me and some of it's in you that says very, very uh, little about the true cost of following 
Jesus. And that can do just as much damage as ignoring the call of Jesus altogether. And I want to tell you that there is a great deception that is out there in the world, and there's also a great deception that works its way through, through me and through you sometimes, and that is, it's about me. It's about us. And here's the truth that I know. I like me a whole lot of me. And you like you a whole lot of you. And we can take the smallest of things and we can make it about ourselves, right? It might start off in my family. I woke up, I got four or five people in my family. Somebody's in a bad mood and all of a sudden you're ruining my day. And all of a sudden the whole family, a group of people, the family unit becomes all about me. But then maybe it's because the neighbor is chopping down a tree and is disturbing my uh, my afternoon nap, something like that, and all of a sudden now the neighborhood starts becoming uh, about me. And then maybe in my cubicle, I'm at work, and all of a sudden it, that's about me because that's definitely my space, but somebody moved my coffee cup over. And then I go to the break room, and I don't know, somebody moved my lunch to the warm part of the fridge, something. And pretty soon the whole entire corporation is about Me, because I didn't get the promotion. Somebody else got the promotion. You see how all of this works? We can look out and say, wow, I like my lawn. It's cut nice, all that. We can see a a beautiful bird outside, and uh, we can really think that that's for our enjoyment, and it is, but then it starts becoming about us, and then we start looking at, you know, the hills. We can ride up on the Appalachian. We can even look out into the stars and look out into the galaxy, and somehow, someway, it becomes about us. So, actually, Jesus isn't really trying to kill you. He's trying to get you to kill you. You see, because he is not going to force his leadership and his lordship over your life. Right? This is something that we have to choose. And, and Jesus is encouraging to make that choice. It's a once and for all you know, lifetime choice that we make. But it's also a choice that we make every single day. Day, You see, when uh, they made the comment, and Peter has this big revelation that says, you are Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, I, I'm sure they expected, hey, this thing is like, we're going to pick up arms and we're going to go kill Romans. How disappointing it must have been when Jesus said, okay, now let's die to ourselves. Let's kill ourselves. I'm sure it wasn't on the menu. It wasn't the plan, but I want to tell you that nobody would have guessed that the plan, that the path to abundant life led through dying to self. So my, I've got a tough job today, right? My mission is to get you excited about dying. And for students, you guys may think, well, I, I got like 60 years before that day, or I got 50 years towards that day. So I appreciate that, Pastor Jeff. That's awesome news. I'm going to be very, very ready. And on the day of reckoning, on the afterlife, I am going to be ready. And, uh, you know, when that thing comes to die, and I'm saying, no, 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 no. This message that we're given this morning is that I'm going to ask for some, and you may be dying to self for the very, very first time so that you can embrace the life of God. For some of us, it's just going to be that we've, we've just got a little bit better 
at denying ourselves, at, at laying down our agendas for the sake of embracing the agendas uh, of, of God. But I'm, I'm saying that this morning, that in the hearing of this word, that things are, are going to shift, that there's going to be a movement. It's not for tomorrow. It's not for the afterlife that this dying process takes place, and it takes place every single day. I tell you, uh, so let's, let's show the picture I want to, you know, we all have notes. And who's, who's, our, who's big list makers here? List makers, yeah, blah, 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 blah. I know your husband, Ali, is a list maker. In fact, he just turned me on to, I don't know, whatever that new Trello. Yeah, you know. So list making, just blah, 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 blah. I just love this thing. Anyway, so I, I made this. I took a picture of it, but I just think things to do today. So, so how many, uh, if you had your things to do today, at the very, very top, if you didn't do anything else the whole day, top priority is that I need to die to self. I need to put down my agenda and my wishes for the, the sake of Jesus Christ. But this is what Christ is saying. This is the way our day planners should read right here. First thing every day, daily, to die to self. So let's break it down a bit. If anyone, verse 23, if any one of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Or like I said, it may, your translation may have own ways or deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. I don't want to tell you, if we are walking this way and walking that way, you cannot be walking with Jesus. And, and it's not, this isn't so much that Jesus walks out in front of us, and little old lowly us, we're just walking all the way back here. It really means to be walking hand in hand to Jesus. And I want to tell you, uh, for true followers, uh, they are fellowshippers. This all comes down in relationship with Jesus Christ on a, on a daily basis to walk with him, to follow him. And I want to tell you that Jesus' invitation to come and die, it strikes right at the very core of our being. And this is why it's so difficult, right? The thing that we desire above all things, the things that we covet, the thing that we protect above all else is we want to rule over ourselves. We do not want to be under anybody or anything, And we insist on making decisions for our own life, even when following the advice or the ways of somebody else, like God, would do us a lot better. You guys find that out? You give advice, and then, you know, uh, especially if you've got kids, you give them advice, and especially when they get up to 16, 17, you know, and you're just like, oh, my word. You know, and you can tell that it's just going to turn out poor, and it does, but you love them, and, and they just need to figure that stuff out for themselves. I got a grandson, sweet little guy. He would do everything you told him for the first 23 months. And now he doesn't want to be under anything or anybody, it's like from the the you know from the crib they come out. We come out wanting to do things our own way, calling the, our own shots in in life, and that's certainly one way of doing life. But Jesus is calling us to another way. You know, the fact is is that we're going to follow Jesus that we no longer own ourselves. He has the ultimate right. Jesus has the ultimate veto authority for all of our plans, all of our thoughts, all of the things that we want to do. And he has the lordship in our life. At the end of it all, I think when we stand before and we have that day of of reckoning, I don't think the question is going to be, did you believe in Jesus Christ? 
I believe that it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound something like this, and this is just what I believe. Uh, how was the lordship of Jesus Christ expressed in your life? How was the lordship of Jesus Christ worked out into your life? This is the thing that we're accountable. Not did we believe, not did we come to church, but is there evidence of the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 says, uh, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So, I mean, do we get that? Do we understand the high price that was paid? We don't belong to ourselves. So, You must honor God with your body. The awesome thing is that saying no to self allows us to say yes to God. That's one of our constant prayers here is that we're a yes people, that if God says go here, go there, we say yes, say this, say that, that we say yes. And the only way that that comes is because we can say no to ourselves. There's this constant battle uh, for lordship and for rulership into our, our lives. And I want to tell you, when I started going, and I was thinking, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy. I'm kind of a yes guy for God. And then I started down, really started digging into the scripture, and I started praying. And I want to tell you, I was absolutely horrified by how many times I was saying no to God. Pick up the phone, call this person, forgive this person over here. Go ahead and give to this. Show up early for this. Bless somebody uh, doing this. Do your prayer time. Have devotion. Stop by and do this. All these things. Enjoy me today. No, God, I'm kind of too busy. If if you think about it, like all the stinking ways I was saying no to God, my gut feeling is some of us, y'all do the same thing. We've, we've got to be able to say no to God or no to self so that we can say yes to God. And there is no true discipleship apart from giving control of our lives over to Jesus Christ. And the next thing that Jesus said is what we've got to do is that we have to pick up our cross if we really want to live. Now, we think, and we use that term a lot. Now, this is my cross to bear, and usually it's about some relative that's given us a hard time. This is not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about the fact that every hearer there 2,000 years ago would know absolutely exactly what he meant by pick up your cross because all of them would have seen on a fairly regular basis, if not daily, they would have seen uh, criminals going from the place of judgment to the place of execution into this big long walk of shame. They would have been uh, tormented, they would have been humiliated, they would have been punched, they would have been spit on, they would have been cursed, and the whole idea was to make that such a a horrible, horrible experience to somebody's soul, to somebody's spirit, that 
that the people that were observing would say, I, I, I could never do. You know, the walk from the place of judgment to the cross was worse than the execution itself. That's how hard they went after you and, and tried to degrade you and humiliate you. And we've got a cross to bear. And sometimes just by letting Jesus have leadership in our lives, we are going to experience that, that walk. People are going to try to put, uh, put things on us. And here's the question that I have. This is one I, I felt God was asking of me this week. Can, can I be rejected by the world for Christ, not for being mean, right? Not for being a Christian uh, jerk. We talk about that. Um, but for Christ's sake, can we be rejected by the world for Christ's sake and be okay with it? You know, is it a, a fear, a healthy fear of God in us, or is this, or is it a fear of man so overly consumed with the opinions? of those who's in the end can cannot save us, can can really not lead us to life. Like we, we think if some so and so likes us, so and so has this that we'll get promoted, that we'll um, get a seat on the board, that we'll you know, we won't be left alone if there's a neighborhood party, things like that. I want to tell you, it, it doesn't actually lead us to abundant life. It's a it's a deception. In our ability, I want to tell you, if you can be okay with being rejected by the world for Christ's sake, you will experience everything that God has. All that Jesus paid for, this abundant, rich, and eternal life, you will experience it, and you will experience it right now. And it's full. So you might say, well, how do we bear our cross? I want to tell you that bearing your cross, sometimes people have things in mind. Well, let's, let's say I just have to whip myself a bunch. I have to deny my own self-identity and not be me. I need to be a recluse monk or sleep on a bed of nails. I have to give up all of my material goods and, and, and live in poverty. Say it has nothing to do with it. How do you bear our, our, our cross? It's as simple as this. We just have to obey God. We have to do what he says. So it, it, two weeks ago, we, we talked about how do you handle your enemies, and we talked about these things, right, that you had to love your enemy. You had to pray for those that hurt you. You had to bless those that, that curse you, and you had to repay evil with good. And I want to tell you, if you can't deny yourself, you will never be able to respond to enemies properly. This is a thing, and this is how we bear our cross. I, it's supposed to forgive this person. Lord, I, they, you can't believe the amount of pain they caused me and my family. He says, forgive them, for I forgave you. And if you are, are, are dead to self and if you trust God to, to make out all the balance sheets in the end, I want to tell you, you'll experience, every, you'll experience true life. Jesus is our example. So just like you and I, right, he uh, asked God, he said, is there another path to this life other than, than me dying? But I want to tell you, because Jesus died from his agenda, he was fully able to embrace the agenda and the Father's will and only do what God says. 
So denying ourselves daily, giving up control of our lives, and, and is it worth it? So here's the good news, right? This is maybe kind of a tough message. I get it. So is it worth it? If I lay down myself, and this is the thing we're afraid to do, what am I going to miss out on? Right? What am I going to lack if I give up control of my life? Jesus says in 9.24, taught, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you, uh, but are yourself or your soul is lost or destroyed? And I want to tell you, the thing that, that Jesus has to offer, the thing that we can gain in Christ cannot be bought even if we owned the whole entire world. Even if we had every possession that there could be, it wouldn't be enough. Psalm 49, 7 through 9, the psalmist is talking about their, their enemies and these people that, uh, that depend on, on their wealth. And he, they, he says this, he says, they trust in their wealth and boast of great riches, yet they cannot redeem themselves from death by paying a ransom to God. And don't we try? <laughs> Redemption does not come so easily, for no one can ever pay enough to live forever and never see the grave. And, and, and as I was going through this scripture, I, I, I just had this, this, this picture. And I had a picture of this deep, dark hole, the, the, the grave, right? This uh, abyss. And then I saw people trying to build up these big mounds and try to like ransom their lives. And I saw people putting houses and cars, uh, good works on, on top of it, great intentions, all the stuff that they had gained through their whole life, every purchase, all the clothes stacked in there. I mean, it was just this immense, immense thing that a life, if you, if you wanted to acquire stuff, and, and, and it's okay to have stuff, but it was there. And then all of a sudden on the day of reckoning, I just see this whoo. And it was like this, the, the, the grave, it just absorbed and just sucked down all of the good works, all of the material possessions, everything that was relied on in that realm, and it was gone in an instant, and there was nothing to ransom that life. You might be thinking, isn't nice stuff okay? It's like, yeah, nice stuff is okay. God gave us, gives us nice stuff to enjoy, but he doesn't give us nice stuff as a means of salvation, right? It's, yes, it is from the Lord. Yes, it is to enjoy, but he was, it's never to rely on it for salvation. We rely exclusively on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for salvation. And if we sender, surrender our lives loyally to Jesus Christ, then we can keep our lives. That is the good news. We'll never lose it. Um, and then Luke twenty nine, uh, Luke nine twenty six says, "If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels." So you may be thinking, gosh, I, I don't have the boldness. And really, this is talking about honor, this, this word uh, ashamed. It's just like, hey, if, if we don't honor Jesus as, as Lord, then he's, we don't receive honor back. 
If you, if you honor Jesus Christ, then he actually, the crazy thing is no matter how dishonorable we have been in our lives, we get the honor of the king, of God's son. And you might be thinking like, hey, I don't know if I have the boldness and the courage to actually die to self and to live it out in front of other people. See, this is a two-part thing that Jesus is calling us to. The first part, you thought was the hard part, and for some, it it is the hard part, but equally as hard is like, well, we can make choices, and I'm going to live my life for Jesus, but to actually do it in a way where somebody else notices, that can be a pretty terrifying thing. Like, everything is good until we get a little bit of ridicule or uh, uh, abuse on Facebook or in the uh, water, uh, the line for the water cooler at work, or in our study group at school. We need to die to self. This is how you can, this is how you can tell. The degree to which we die for self is, is the degree in which we can resist the pressure and uh, peer pressure and the fear of what people think. I want to tell you that that we're really talking about pride. And pride is when we take ourselves and we take ourselves and we put them on the throne. We we put ourselves on the throne of our life or we put ourselves, our desire, our agenda in the very, very center and it all revolves around us. But here's the tricky thing about pride because you may even think like that's an okay thing because it's me. But pride is like this all-consuming thing and pretty soon if you if you or if you're dealing with pride, you'll start demanding that you put yourself on the throne of other people's lives. This is the way pride works. It's not content just to kind of mess up you. It is intent to like affect your whole entire family to infect your workplace. All of this. This is the way that pride Tends, tends to do is that we, we try to insert ourselves on the throne room of other people's lives. Sometimes even believers. People just like you and me. So this is such an important teaching. And really to ignore Jesus' words really is to put our souls in, in peril and once it's lost, it's gone. There is no human remedy. But on the flip side, once we put Jesus as Lord and Savior in our lives, we are not objects of, of wrath. We have no fear. I want to tell you to, be, to express your loyalty to Jesus Christ means that your soul and your life, you put it in the hands of God, and there's nothing that can tear you out of his grip. Nothing in heaven, nothing in earth. There's no device, no scheme powerful enough. Your soul is secure. So here's what I want to do. I want to finish this morning, and I want to, I want to read. A, this is just a fantastic little uh, clip from C.S. Lewis, Counting the Cost. So if you're taking notes and you want to do something afterwards, this is a pretty cool reading, some different things. I, I, love, I love C.S. Lewis. Uh, sometimes it's a little above me, you know, especially after doing Greek and Hebrew and all of that. And sometimes I just want to veg out and just read something Nice and fluffy and energizing. But C.S. Lewis, he's a guy that makes you think. And I I highly recommend a lot of his stuff. So this is what he writes. So I want you, this is really kind of where where this message is going. And he says this, he writes this. He says, imagine yourself as a living house 
And God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can understand what he is doing. He's getting the drains right, and he's stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. And you know that those jobs needed doing, and so you're not surprised. But pretty soon, he starts knocking the house around in a way that hurts horribly. And it doesn't seem to make sense. What on earth is he up to? And the explanation is this, that he is building quite a different house from the one that you thought of. He is building a house quite different than the one that you thought of. He's throwing out a new wing there, here, a new wing there. He's putting an extra floor on top of it. He is running up towers and he is making courtyards. You thought you were going to be made into a decent little cottage, but he is building a palace and he intends to come and live in it himself. Isn't that awesome? You know, dying to self too, the thing you got to ask yourself is, do I want the best I can do? (laughs) Or do I want the best God can do? Am I willing? Can I get there? Am I okay if somebody else is being in uh, control? Our mission at, at New Song is to change lives that, that change the world. And I would suppose, and, and this, that's why the doors are open. If you want to know, like, well, why New Song, that's it. That we are here to change lives. And if we didn't think that we could make a difference in our community, we would just shut it down. It, it, it's, it's just, it, it wouldn't be worth it. But here's the, here's the thing. That, that we can only transform the world around us to the degree that we allow ourselves to be transformed by the gospel the way that God intended it, to the degree that God intended it. And as we are more transformed and transformed personally, that gives us the power and the impact to, to change the world around us. And we want to have some prayer time now. We're going to invite the worship team up and worship a bit, but this is really a time and I just get a a sense you know God is is the potter and we're the clay we want to have a time right now where we have a time of prayer a time of worship, a time of ministry and the way I picture it is is I want to encourage everyone here just to say, hey, uh, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put myself up on this potter's wheel. And I'm not going to control how fast it goes. I'm not going to say, okay, God, you can put my, your hand here on my life, but you can't put it over here. Right? We're saying, God, wherever, wherever you need to put pressure, wherever you need to... To, to fashion this thing, whatever speed you want to <laughs> rotate the wheel. And even if you need to stretch me and pull me apart and push me together, whatever you have to do, I want to encourage you 
that it may seem like it's the riskiest thing to do, but there's nothing safer to do than to allow Jesus to do this in your lives. Do you know if you let him do that, that he'll make something good out of your life? He'll make something powerful. And any, I don't care what season you're in right now, that season will be different if you become like Christ in it. So this is a time of surrender. Right now we're going to worship. I encourage you to, to pray. Maybe uh, if you want to stand and worship, that's fine. If you want to kneel, if you want to uh, just sit and, and do that. Turn, turn it all over to Him. That's the plea this morning. Turn it all over to Him. I tell you what He can do with your life. I mean, I, I can't tell you the place that I came out of 26 years ago. I don't know if there's a, if there was a, a darker place, a more broken place. But he he came in and he set my feet on a rock. And he put a new song in my heart. And I've spent the rest of my life saying things. Trying to tell everybody do the same for you. Maybe it's it's fear of what people think. Control freaks. If you want to stand up, we'll pray for you. <laughs> I like a semi-recovering control freak 